And I titled this Real Peace. I just kind of, uh, knowing this time of year and, and uh, talking about Jesus and the birth of Jesus and all such as that, and, and uh, I, I just couldn't get the, the word peace just kept ringing in my ears. And uh, so I want to talk about real peace because I'm telling you something. There's people out there that needs peace. There's people sitting in church that needs peace. Not everybody in, in church has that, that real peace operating in their lives, although they could have. And I want to, I want to read the definition of peace. And, uh, in, in the, in the Greek or the Hebrew, it's a uh, shalom. It's shalom. And here's the meaning to shalom. It's safe, well, happy, welfare, health, prosperity, favor, and rest. Isn't that amazing that that's in the word peace? All those qualities of life that help you have a good quality of life. The peace in the Noel Webster's 1828 dictionary. I don't know if y'all have that. It's a great, gets a, you can download it for a little bit of nothing on your iPad or whatever you got. But anyway, here's what it says. In a general sense, a state of quiet or, trans, or, or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation, applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temper of the mind. It means freedom from agitation or disturbance by the, by the passions as from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. Quietness of mind, tranquility, calmness, quiet of conscience. I'm going to tell you some people that they could just have some peace in their minds. See, Jesus came to bring peace. I said He came to bring peace. In fact, we're going to open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to, Billy, be in the, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I'm not going to read it in both translations simply for sake of time. And it says this in Isaiah 9 verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, and Prince of Peace. His name shall be called. Did you know you need to call him them things? Did you I found this out? That God will be to you what you call him. Now listen to me, it don't make him that, he's already that, but if you want him to be that to you, then you're going to have to call him that to you. If you want God as your healer, you need to call him your healer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I found this out about God. He's no respecter of persons, but he is respecter of faith. I said he is respecter of faith. You gotta trust and believe in God. So He's the Prince of Peace. But you know what I like about this when I, I jump back up there, it says the government shall be upon His shoulder. We need to pray that our government will be upon His shoulder. Amen. They need Jesus. Our government realize they need God. Amen. Praise God. And of the increase of His government and of, of, and of peace, there shall be no end. For the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Did you know you should not have a time in your life that you're struggling with having peace? I'm telling what, you, if we could just grab a hold of some things in our life and realize that God's for us and he's not against us. If we could just learn to trust God and listen to me, in the good and the bad times. Because Bible tells us we would have good and we would have bad times. Now I'm not prophesying that. I'm not declaring. We just live in a world that's full of, full full of, of junk. Amen. But in the midst of it, we can have peace. I said in the midst of it, we can have peace. The prince, uh, uh, talks about the prince of peace 
And uh, so God is the Prince of Peace. And I actually skipped a scripture. I'm going to jump back up to right now. In Psalms 119, 165, 119, 165 says this. Listen to this. Great peace have those who love your law or your word. Great peace have they who love your word or your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Praise God. Do you love the word? Do you love Jesus? Then you ought to have great peace. The New uh, Century Version translation says, Those who love your teachings will find true peace and nothing will defeat them. The Contemporary English Version says, You give peace of mind to all who love your law or your word. Nothing can make them fall. And then, of course, we see here where Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And here's what Prince means. He's the head. He's the head person. He's the captain. He's the chief. He's the general. He's the governor. He's the keeper. He's the Lord. He's the master. He's the ruler. He's the steward of your peace. Glory. Isn't that great? God is the keeper of your peace. Jesus is the keeper of your peace. Go to Luke, if you will. Luke chapter 2. That's kind of getting a little bit into the Christmas story, but I just want to read a, a few scriptures here. In fact, I already just jump right down. To, I'm just going to jump down to 14. You can read it, read it later. Read it later. And I'm going to run over here in the New Living Translation and read this. In verse 14. I got so many scriptures this morning. It says this, Glory to God... In the highest, and I'm living in the new, reading in the New Living Translation. Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And peace on earth to those in whom God is pleased. You know, sometimes I think we're to ask ourselves, do we please God? Could that be a question we ask from time to time? Do we please God? Does my life please God? And what I'm doing and how I'm living, does that please God? Because the Bible says, peace will be to you if you please God. And so I, I just kind of was sitting in my desk last night and I just started thinking about what pleases God. You ever thought about that? You ought to sometimes. Uh, you ought to think, so. now what pleases God? Well, let me just say a few things that pleases God and, and what pleases Him from us. And the, the first thing, it's, this is not in order because they're all very important and I'm sure I won't get them all, but sometimes you can sit down sometimes and say, God, what pleases you and kind of write and list yourself. Well, one thing that pleases God is loving Him pleases Him. Loving Jesus pleases Him. you got to love Jesus. I said, you got to love God. I said, you got to love God. I'm going to say it again, you got to love God. Did you know you know when you love something? I mean, we talk more about loving pizza than we do God. Some people love their car more than they love God. They love uh, uh, situations that they do, habits, all these. They love that more. Why? Because they talk about how much they love it more than they talk about how much they love God. Come on now, oh me, help me, Jesus. I'm just telling what God told me to preach this morning. Serving Him pleases Him. Serving God. Let me just put it this way. There's a difference in just loving God and serving God. People can say all day, I love God, but never serve Him. Amen? And so serving God pleases God. Praising Him pleases Him. Praises, praising God pleases God. 
So that's why we have praise and worship service. But listen to me, praise and worship is not supposed to be just restricted to church. Amen? You say, I'll be glad when I get to church. I can praise God. Honey, you can praise God at home. In fact, it would do you good to praise God at home. It would do you good to put some praise and worship in your house. You might as well sterilize that place. Huh? Worshiping Him pleases Him. Did you know there's a difference in praise and worship? We just kind of combined it all in in our worship service and praise service, worshiping God. Worshiping don't necessarily just mean slow songs. Praying pleases Him. Praying pleases God. Fellowshipping with Him pleases Him. Did you know praying and, and fellowshipping can all work and entwine together in your prayer? When I pray, I fellowship with Him too. I'm praying for needs and such as that, but at the same time, I'm fellowshipping with Him. I'm talking to him. I'm loving him. I'm telling him how much I appreciate him and, and talking to him. I, I, I talk to God like he's my father. What? I, I talk to him like he's my father. You know why I do that? Because he is. What a revelation this morning. Because he is. I just act like he's, he just, I, I talk to him like I would talk to my friend. I don't go try to get all holier than thou on him. Oh, thou art thou the great God Almighty. No, I just come in here and say, Father God, I, I just tell, I got a situation I need to talk to you about. Let's talk. And do you, you know he'll talk back to me? What? God will talk back to you? You can tell some people that God said something to you, they'll look at you like calf at a new gate. They have no earthly idea what's going on. Huh? They say, you mean God talks to you? Listen, if he's not talking to you, you're not listening. What? You say, well, he never says anything to me. Do you stop and wait and listen? Sometimes you got to listen. Somebody ought to help me a little better than this. Fellowshipping with him. Giving to him pleases him. Giving to him pleases. Giving is pleasing to God. Amen. And listen, we, when we say, when you, we hear the word, uh, sometimes when it says give, automatically sometimes our mind goes to money. Well, he's talking about money. Listen, giving covers a far uh, greater scope than that. Giving of your time, giving of your life, giving of your testimony. Huh? Did you know everywhere Paul, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find out Paul told his testimony, what, two or three times in that. And that was just what we have recorded. There's no telling how many times Paul told about his conversion on the road to Damascus. There's no telling how many times he told about that great light shining from heaven and knocking him to the ground. And he, he, he got born again that day. A few days later, got filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no telling how many times he told that why. Get, listen to me. We got to understand giving to God is far uh, greater than just money. In fact, if I could say it like this, money is probably the lesser part of it. But money is also a great part of your life as you give. Living by faith pleases Him. Living by faith pleases Him. Living by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Living by faith. Listen to me. I'm going to say, I don't know because I wasn't intending to stop at none of these. I was just going to ring them out and ring them out. 
Living by faith. Listen to me. The Bible says the just shall what? And not on Sundays only. Living by faith is when you get up on Monday morning. Living by faith is when you lay your head down on Monday night. And when you get up on Tuesday morning, because when he said the just shall live by faith, he said faith should be a lifestyle to you. It shouldn't be something you do when you're in a, a dire need. It shouldn't be when you, the devil attacks your body or when you're having trouble with your finances, your kids. I think I'll step out in faith. He says you should be living by faith prior to that. In other words, there is a life of faith. That means faith in trusting God every day of your life. Listen, I found this out. If you want to have great peace in your life, you need to learn to trust God and walk and live by faith. Because I'm here to tell you, there's all kinds of circumstances and situations come against us on a daily basis. And here's what it's after. The devil's after the Word and he's after your faith because you can't have faith apart from the Word. So he's after those uh, uh, things in your life to pull you away from faith. Why? Because without it, you cannot please. God. He said, great peace to those who please God. Living by faith, please God. Listening to his voice pleases him. Did you know you can choose not to listen? You can choose to, to, to say, well, I don't, it's kind of like, my little dog sometimes when I let her outside, I, I like to think she's one of the most wonderful little dogs in the world, little dots in the, as she loves her. But I guarantee you she can irritate me. She can get outside and I'll say, I call her name and she act like I'm not even there. And I'll say, Roxy, come here. And she'll go the other direction. Now I'm talking. I'm talking to her. Sweet. Come here, baby. Come here, Roxy. Let's go down. Come here, baby. Come look what I got for you. And she just keeps going. Kind of like God with us. Come here, baby. I got something for you. I'm too busy. I'm going, I got to get out here and do something. Huh? Listening to his voice pleases him. When we say, yes, Lord. Remember Abraham. If he Wouldn't Abraham would have been a mess if he had to sit there and, and, and when God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son. I want you to offer him as a, a burnt offering. He took him up to the mountain, did exactly what God said. He brewed that knife back. He says, I run it through uh, uh, Isaac. He says, I slay him. And all of a sudden, God said, Abraham. Yes, Lord. Here I am. What if he had just ignored that voice? I said, what if he had ignored that voice? You said, well, God would have raised him up. Let me tell you, oh, I'm, I could get into trouble now. God could. But when you do something disobediently because you refuse to hear his voice, it might not turn out so well. Come on now. That's why we need to hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice, he says. So listening to God's voice pleases him, obeying his voice, obeying him pleases him, walking in love pleases him, letting your light shine pleases him, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of things that pleases God, and the Bible says he gives peace to those who please him. John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Man, I could just preach the whole service on those things. 14, but we're talking about peace this morning. I like peace. I said I like peace. 
Isn't it nice to have peace? Oh, shoot now. Just be able to lay your head down at night and know everything's all right. Get up in the morning knowing everything's all right. Just having that peace. Even, even, even when you're walking in peace and stuff, there's always something to try to disturb that peace. Try to stop that peace. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 27. He says this in, uh, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen to this in the New Living Translation. I like it. I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace is a gift. He said, it'll be peace in your heart and your mind. I'm telling you, that's where you need it. You say, well, what about peace in the world? I'll tell you what, you might not have a whole lot of control about the peace in the world and such like that, but you've got a whole lot of control about the peace in your heart and your mind. Huh? And so he said, I'm going to leave you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. It don't. So don't be troubled or afraid. Listen to the Amplified. I love what the Amplified says. Look at the Amplified. Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do, listen, to I like this, do not. Almost sounds like he's telling us, giving us a command. Do not. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. He says, stop it. I I would tell you, nudge somebody and look at them and say, stop it, but we don't know how they're doing. Sometimes we're to nudge ourselves. When you're getting up and you're being disturbed and agitated and, and things are bothering you and trying to rob your peace, you're to look at yourself or at least tap yourself on the shoulder and say, stop it. Come on, try it. Tap yourself and say, stop it. Well, if I can't get you to do it here, you probably can't get you to do it at home either. Huh? I'm telling you, you got to tell yourself sometimes, stop it. Listen, one thing about it, we're not going to get mad at ourselves if we say stop it. Now, if somebody else tells us to stop it, it'll irritate us and make us mad. And there's agitation right there. Huh? But we are to welcome somebody looking at us and say, stop it. Stop it. Just, just stop freaking out. Just stop being so concerned with these situations. Either we're going to trust God or we're not. Either we're going to believe God or we're not. Either we're going to walk by faith or we're not. So let's make a decision right now that we're going to trust God, we're going to believe God, we're going to go with God, we're going to look forward to what God... Listen, I am not going to freak out. I'm just going to trust in God and have faith in God. Come on now. Do you want some peace in your life? You need to have faith in God. Look in Matthew. And I do have a clock right here on my iPad. So no point in it watches today. (laughs) I've seen people, they hated to let the preacher see that's trying to look at their watch. 
had somebody walk out before and he made a mention about my long preaching. He said, I said, well, I got a clock in the back. He said, well, you need a bigger one. I got one now right here, right here and back there. I fully will see what time it is. What? I'm just saying how many's going to stone David after the service. <laughs> let's come. Let's get in. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight says this. Come unto me. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm telling you something. He said, you just need to come to me. Come unto me, all ye that labor in heavy land. That's why we miss it sometimes. We just don't go to him. Am I right? We don't go to him. We, we get all frustrated and upset and mad and, and we start going everywhere but to the source of our peace. God Almighty. Sometimes you're just, you're just sit back and say, Jesus, I just need you to, to, to comfort my heart and because the Holy Ghost is to do that. And, and God, I'm just letting you know right now I'm going to trust you. Listen, you, when you're having a battle in your mind, that don't mean you're out of faith. It just means you need to use your faith that can get control of what's going on in your mind. Are you hearing me? The Amplified Bible says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. I'm telling you something, God has some peace and rest for you. I said, God has some peace and rest for you. Come on now, I want to read in a translation that I don't read a whole lot from, and it's the Message Bible, but sometimes it's just good. In verse 28 says, are you tired? Y'all got it up there if y'all can look at it. Are you tired and worn out? Boy, that'd fit a lot of people right there, wouldn't it? Are you tired? You say, how do you know? Because every time I ask somebody how they're doing, I'm tired. Y'all might be ones that do that. I quit asking them. I can look at them and see they're tired. They barely can put one foot in front of the other. You walk in there, they look like old Droopy. How you doing? Tired. I said, I can see that. I don't say that, but I think that. I can see that. You need a little refreshing going on in your life. Are you tired and worn out? And, you know, we make statements like that after, after a big day with the grandkids. We worn that. Wore out. <laughs> Hallelujah. After our grandkids come for a little while, we sit there and we'll, we'll, because our grandkids, when we got more than one of them at one time, they're, they're one at a time, fine, but more than one at a time, we'll, we'll, after they leave, we'll say, y'all hear that? It's quiet. It's quiet. Hallelujah. Are you tired and worn out? Burned out on religion. Thank God we're not religious around here. It says, come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhymes of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that great? Glory to God. Sometimes we just need to learn to live freely and lightly in Jesus' name. Amen? I'm telling you, God wants you to have peace. There's no sense in you being all troubled and disturbed and, and especially at Christmas time. And listen, this ought to be, the, this ought to be a very good time. Huh? It, it ought to be a celebration. Did you know Christmas? In fact, if you took the word Christmas, Christ, that means the, the anointed one and his anointing. That's what Christ means. And must means celebration. To celebrate Jesus and celebrate his life. And many people, it's it's the time that they get down in the uh, mully grubs and they say, my God, I don't know what we're going to do. We can't do this. We can't do that. Listen, don't get so bogged down in what you can't do. Just praise God for what you can do and just do what you can do. Listen, listen, don't let, don't let the, 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 the the holidays be a, a source of contention and such as that. Let them be a time of joy. Hallelujah. Can I go to another one? Let's go to John, back to St. John. 16, 33. Hallelujah. Somebody just say, I have peace. peace. Glory to God. In fact, he said you have peace because the fruit of the Spirit's peace. In the Amplified, it says in verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me, Jesus talking, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Man, you're to have peace in that right there. Listen, there's going to be times of frustration in our lives, but you don't let that have to let that control your life. You don't have to... Uh, did you know I've been frustrated before and people didn't know it? I didn't want people to know it. Did you know you can be kind in the middle of frustration? Did you know right in the middle of frustration you can still exercise peace and operate in peace? Right in the middle of it. Because Jesus said, you're going to have it. Listen, but he said, I already took care of it. I've already took care of it. He said, I've conquered it for you. And and uh, and I, I, I have deprived it of power to conquer you and hurt and harm you. Glory be to God. So thank God for his peace. Isn't that what he said? I'm going to give you what? Perfect peace and confidence. Confidence in who? Confidence in Jesus. Confidence in God. That God's going to take care of you in grand style. Can I tell you another story in the Bible real quick? So how many are you going to go? I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go till I'm through. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Y'all love this story. I know you do. I've preached on it a few times. About two ladies. Thank God for peace. Just say it with me. Thank God for peace. Real peace. Now it happened, verse 38, as they went, that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him in her, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, G- now Martha welcomed Jesus and all of them into her home, right? She, she made the invite. She said, I want to have you all over dinner. I want to, I want to bless you and I want to help you. I want to do all this. And she had a sister also named Mary. We know Mary, Martha, Lazarus' sisters. And it says, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her, don't you care? Listen, if we're not careful, we have those words ringing out in our own lives. We'll say certain things like, don't you care? God, don't you care? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care about this situation? Don't you even care? Listen to me. If you know anything about God, if you know anything about Jesus, you have to know he cares. You have to know he cares. And so she said, don't you even care that my sister has left me alone to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her to get in here and 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 struggle in all this with me. Some people want to pull you into their problems. Come on. Some people want to pull you into their situations and many people will go in there head on. And next thing they come out with the same problems. Come on now. Listen, if somebody's gonna pull you in, at least you go, you go, you go in there with peace and comfort, and you go in there with confidence to try to help them get out of that mess. Jesus answered and said to Martha, He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. He said, Martha, Martha, listen, it's not this, just this meal that's bothering you. There's a lot of things in your life that you're struggling with, a lot of situations in your life, a lot of problems in your life that you're going to have to deal with. And here's what Mary has decided to do. She said, I am going to know how to deal with them when they come, and I'm going to how to handle them when they come. So I'm going to sit at the most important place I can sit at, and that is the feet of Jesus and hear His Word. Because if I'll sit and listen to the Word of God when those stressing times come, them frustrating times come, I will know how to deal with them, and I will will not let them things rob me of my peace and I'm going to get my peace. And Jesus said this to Mar. Uh, he said this to Martha. Mary has chosen that good thing which will not be taken away from her. Listen, there's all kinds of things trying to take your peace, trying to take your joy, trying to take all those things. And he said, if you listen to the word, he said, those things will not be able to take your peace. It won't be able to take your joy from you. Come on now. I've let a few things take my joy. How about you? The joy of the Lord's your strength. I, I, I heard, I don't know if it was Jerry Savelle or who it was, had a book written that says that the devil can't get your joy, he can't get your goods. Huh? Well, I'm telling you what, if the devil can get your peace, you're going to be one miserable individual. You can be born again, your name written in the Lamb's book of life, going to heaven one day. But if you ain't got no peace, you are miserable on this earth. And God does not want that for you. He does not want that for me. Hallelujah. Can we go to another one? Let's go to another. You say, when are you going to quit when I get done? Everybody say amen or oh me. Who said oh me? I'm just kidding. Nobody did. (laughs) Somebody going to say, you can call me out. Listen to this story real quick. I'll, maybe I'll make it through out, out with this one. In verse 
Matthew 14. If I can find it. I just discovered what was wrong. I was in Mark. Immediately, verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he, was, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Anybody ever been in some contrary situations? We all have. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. But, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, it, it, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, called him, and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Listen, I can preach a lot on this, but I'm not. I'm just going right to the bottom. When Jesus got in the boat, there was calmness and peace. When Jesus got back into the boat, when he got into the boat with them, when he got into the boat with them, honey, you're going to have to have Jesus in your house. You're going to have to have Jesus in your circumstance. You're going to have to have him there. And I'm telling you, when he's in the middle of it, in the center of it, there's going to be calmness and peace. There's going to be calmness and peace. When the disciples was in a boat and it was being over uh, flooded with water and they was about to sink and they was afraid they was going to drown, they said, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to perish? And the Bible says Jesus stood up and he rebuked the sea. He rebuked the wind and there was a great calm. Listen to me. I'm going to say this and I'm going to quit in just a second. Those disciples allowed the word to arise. They allowed the word to arise. The word arose. Jesus arose. The word arose. Jesus is the word. And there was a great calm because the word rebuked it. Listen, when you speak the word of God, the word of God has a calming effect on your life. Did you know that? When you're speaking it in faith, it has a calming. Why? Because I can assure you, when Teresa was quoting the Word of God, when she was going through all this, there was a confidence rising on the inside of her that she knew that everything's going to be all right, that all's going to be well. When you start speaking the Word, there's just something comes over you and comes in you. That Word arises on the inside of you and tells you it's all well. All is well. All is well. Remember the woman in the Old Testament that her son had died and she told their servant, saddle a donkey, I'm going to go to the man of God. And she went and she went riding. Every time he asked her, is, there, is everything all right? She would always say, all is well. All is well. All is well. I kind of made that a part of my vocabulary. All is well. Say it with me. All is well. 
no matter what's going on, you're say all is well and then follow up why it's all is well. All is well concerning my finances because God supplies my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not lack for any good thing. All is well with my health because by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. All is well. So if people say, how are you doing today? How are you doing today? How's that knee? How's that finances? How's your family? Oh, come on now. We're about to get something right now. We don't need to sit down and say, do you have time? Do you have time for me to tell you all the situations in my life? No. So I'm trying to get us to the place where we're not allowing ourselves to communicate the problem, but we're allowing ourselves to communicate the answer because God's watching over His Word to perform it. He's not looking at your problem. He's looking at His Word. Great peace have those who love your law. Great peace have those who love your law or your Word and nothing shall offend them or harm them or destroy them. Thank God for supernatural, real peace. And I've got it. Shout, I've got it. I've got it. You, I tell you what, what you need to, when, if somebody comes up and tries to talk about your situation, you're, you're say, hold on now. With all due respect, I'm not going to talk about it. I, I've done put that under the blood of Jesus. I, I done cast that care over on God. If you want to do anything with me, just agree with the word of God with me and we'll agree in faith together and we'll watch this thing happen in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Just learn, just learn not to answer in doubt and unbelief. Answer in faith. Amen. Answer in faith. Isn't God good? Did this help anybody this morning besides me? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you so much. We thank you today for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. And God, you sent him to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. And we thank you as as a body here, we're walking and living in peace, God. God, I I pray that, I ask Holy Ghost that you don't let us forget what we've heard. That you bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever we've heard. God, in the frustrating times and the discouraging times. God, that you'll move in our lives and bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're good. Hallelujah. God, so good. You know, I was watching Jensen Franklin this morning and and uh, he was talking about that show It's a Wonderful Life. How many's ever watched It's a Wonderful Life? And it's a Christmas story that's an old with Jimmy Stewart in it and all that. And uh, and I, I've never watched it all the way through because I can't seem to make myself do it. So I'm not into that show. But he said, he said, he, he actually preached and started with that. And uh, the story's about what what's the guy's name? The George something. Anybody know his name? None of us watch it, do we? And anyway, I'll just say George because that's his name. And there was two angels and, and they was talking and they were, there was, uh, they were supposed to, to earn their wings, they had to help George. And so they was asking, asked the question, well, what's wrong with George? 
What's going on? Is he sick? Is, he, is there something going on with the van? What's going on? They said, it's worse than that. He's discouraged. He's discouraged. So they came to encourage him. And before it was all said and done, he got, his, he got encouraged. And I'm telling you what, you think a lot about, we think a lot of times, well, sickness is bad and all that stuff's bad like that, honey. But when you get discouraged and you get down and out, it'll start causing depression to come in on your life. And I'm going to tell you, you will be one miserable person. God wants you to have that joy and that peace. In fact, He said, I came that you may have life and you may have it in abundance until it overflows. God wants you to have life. Listen, and it only comes through Christ. It only comes through Jesus. He's the best person for your life. Is Jesus. Would you bow your head?